Hello and welcome. I'm Michelle. And I'm Jessica. And this is Pretty Over Perfect. We are two former neighbors and current best friends who know that perfection is an illusion that could easily keep us from living our best lives. We are here to discover the goodness in the messiness of real life and find joy in the everyday by embracing simplicity, creativity, and a little sparkle. Hello, Jessica. How are you today? Hi, Michelle. Doing well, doing well. It's nice weather over here, finally. How are you? I'm also doing well. It is very not nice weather today. It's like hailing and raining, and you, just when you think it's spring, it's That's not. Right. That's right. Never get attached. But, Never um, get you're attached. So, you're going somewhere very exciting tomorrow. That's right. I'm off to Hawaii with my children in the morning and my husband. So we're excited. Mm-hmm. We have packed very little clothing because we plan to just wear swimsuits and like sundresses, except for the boys, so obviously. Should. And uh, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that works out for us. We'll let you know how it goes. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. What if it's rainy there? We might then learn that the like, hard way. But. You'll be like, this is nothing. I live in the pouring rain. It's You're going to be great. It's true. We'll oh, just so walk jealous. around in, in the warmth. We'll enjoy it either way. So yes, that's what we're up to tomorrow. And uh, I should say hello to all of you listening. We're so yes, glad you're welcome. here again for another episode of Pretty Over Perfect. And we do want to let you know that we know our last episode ran a little bit long. We just couldn't stop talking about organizing things. <laughs> it's my fault. I made you coach me through my entire home. Oh, and the silly thing is, is we recorded that whole thing. And then I still had more that I was like, oh, I should have mentioned this thing. Okay, but because it went so long, we kind of had the idea uh, yes. to reformat the releasing and recording of our episodes. We kind of want to do two shorter ones per topic. Yes. That we release every week instead of a one or bi-weekly longer episode. Yeah. So you can look forward to hearing us more often, but less. <laughs> but for time. a less amount of time. Yes. Let us know what you guys are liking, too. By the way, we are just learning right here in front of you. Yeah. So if you like the long episodes, let us know. If you prefer the shorter ones because they're a little bit more bite-sized, let us know that, too. That's right. Okay. So I think that's all our announcements. All the housekeeping items. That's right. Okay, so today, last week we tackled uh, physical organization, right? Yes. And today we're focusing on a little bit more of organizing our time and our mentality. Yes, we are. I'm excited. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) It's so exciting to organize our time. So, uh, Jessica, let me just ask you, why is time management important to you? Well, Michelle... Honestly, time management is important because I want to be in control of my day and my life. I don't want to be a slave to it. Um, I don't know if you know this. Do you know how old I'm turning this year? Are you turning 30? It's it's the big 3-0 for me this Yay! year. Yay! <laughs> I just, I realized that like last week and I was like, oh my gosh, it's so I exciting. I know, so almost exciting. 30 years of life. <laughs> and <laughs> I've done things lots of different ways during a few different phases, right? We've mm-hmm. got college in there, having babies, and I've done things the wrong way enough to now kind of understand the the things that make me feel the happiest. And I, I think that when I'm most productive and the most happy when I'm proactive about managing my time. Yes. What about you? Why is it important to you? I feel the same. It's so funny because I would say I like to be busy 
But then I get very busy and I'm like, oh, I can't wait for a break. And then a break will come and I'm like, oh, this is boring, lonely and sad. Let's just do more things. (laughs) Such a paradox. (laughs) It is. It's kind of it's kind of funny. But I do feel like when I have more to do, I get more done. I mean, I know that that saying, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Um, Obviously, you can reach a critical mass where you can't actually complete all of those tasks. But I do like just I like doing things. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that just sounds weird. But um, I like being like you're saying, I like being proactive about the day. Because then I actually do feel like it frees me up to really relax and enjoy the other moments. For instance, when I'm homeschooling my kids, there are things that I know, like my mind needs to be focused on that and everything else like emails, (laughs) or um, some of my other side hustles, those need to happen after the kids are occupied with something else or they're in bed or whatever, because like, I'm not going to be able to split my attention between those two things. And so knowing like I have the time after bed to do those things gives me permission to not worry about them earlier right. in the day and be all in and ever and very present in right whatever it is that you're dealing with at the moment yes so i really do like that scheduling yeah of my life okay so one of the ways that i like to think about time management is in reference to the diamond water paradox jessica have you ever heard of the diamond water paradox i have not that sounds fascinating <laughs> please do tell so some economist came up with the diamond water paradox or the paradox of value. And basically the premise is that water is plentiful. So it is deemed valueless compared to diamonds, which are rare. We are constantly giving away our plentiful resources for ones with a higher perceived value. But if you were dying of thirst, you would trade every diamond you owned for a glass of water. Okay. Yeah. So it's like the diamonds have great value until you're dying of thirst, and then they held no value whatsoever. And the super plentiful resource you are constantly throwing away is the only thing that you want, right? Mm -hmm. So I think of this in relation to my time, in that time, at the end of my life is the only thing I truly can't get back. So I want to be thoughtful about where I am giving my time away, and what I'm giving it away to. And I want it to be worth what I'm giving it away to. I like this. Yeah. So I like to think of this as the paradox of how am I spending my time? In the end, will I be happy with what I spent my time on? And that doesn't mean that every moment of my day is super productive or anything like that. Obviously, I mean, that's an insane way (laughs) to live a life. But am I trading my time for things that are worthwhile Or am I constantly feeling like I'm keeping up with some imaginary game, some perceived idea about how how life should be, how it should look, what I should have? Am I spending a lot of my time worrying about things that I can't change Mm, or regretting things in the past that I also can't change? I want to be thoughtful about where my time is going because I don't want to give it away to any of those things. I want to give my time away to things that I think are really important, which to me is relationships and people and (laughs) my family and those kinds of things. So if I spend a lot of my time worrying about things I can't change, I'm taking time away that I could be building relationships with people. 
or I could be doing something that would help someone. Yeah, be of greater value. That's, yes. That's a great yes. little, what'd you call it, a paradox? Yes, the paradox of value. Yeah, and another way that I've thought about this is, I remember reading this Instagram post like years ago from this young woman who was, she had terminal cancer and she was expected to die like any day, basically. And she wrote the sweetest note that I wish I could find, but it has, I can't find it, but has stuck in my brain ever since because she wrote all about all the things that she wished she had more time for. And she said things like, you know, I don't wish I had bought more dresses. I don't wish I had a bigger house. She's like, I wish I had one more coffee date with my friend. I wish that I could go to Christmas one more time with my family. You know, all of those kinds of things. Those things that seem little and kind of meaningless are the things that at the end she was saying, I wish I could have just one more of those. And I would trade Every dress I've ever owned, every, you know, whatever the, yeah. you know, she used specifically that example, but whatever that is to you, That's she's right. like, I would trade all of that for one more, you know, lazy Saturday with my family. I love it. Is this the same woman that wrote that she isn't thinking about all of the dessert that she ate? What was this? <laughs> is this part of the same thing? Oh, I don't know. But where remember you're like, I only, I don't know, it, I can't remember. Well, I think I've said I don't live with regrets except about dessert I haven't eaten. Is that your words? Those are your <laughs> words? <laughs> Those are my words. <laughs> this is the only regrets I live with. <laughs> I think about that kind of on a daily basis. You're talking about diamonds. I have a little <laughs> analogy about rocks. Yes. That kind of helps me. Another kind. Of- <laughs> That's right. Another kind of rock. I suppose they're both rocks. Um, that kind of helps me prioritize those important things. Acknowledge them and prioritize them. And so basically there's this story about a professor and the jar of life. Mm-hmm. So he's standing at the front of his classroom and he pulls out a large empty mason jar. And he fills it with a bunch of large rocks, as many as can fit in the jar. Mm-hmm. And he holds up the jar to his class class and asks them you know is this jar full and they're like yes of course and he sets the jar back down pulls out a container of gravel and dumps it into the jar and the gravel fills in the spaces between all of those big rocks Mm -hmm. so he holds up the jar again and asks his students well is it full now and seeing that they've been fooled they think twice and they're like well i don't know maybe it's not So he sets the jar down and reveals a container of sand and he dumps the sand into this jar and the sand fills in between the space and between the uh, gravel. So it takes up that other bit of space we didn't really know was there. And then he asks again, is the jar full? And the class kind of like rolls their eyes. Well, obviously it's not if you're asking. And he takes out a glass of water and then pours it into the jar as well. And then he says that now the jar is full. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about this is if we were to start with the gravel and the sand and the water and then try to fit those big rocks in to that jar, it, they wouldn't fit. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like only in this order can all of those things fit into this jar. And the jar in this is meant to re- represent our lives. The big rocks symbolize whatever is truly essential in our life lives. <laughs> And the gravel and sand and water kind of represent other things that are important, but kind of at a secondary level. They're necessary, 
but they might not bring us the greatest like joy and fulfillment. And as I think about this, you know, we get to determine what our big rocks are or those things. What are, what are those things that bring us the greatest amount of value, like you were saying? And for me, I've kind of, like I was saying over the course of my life, I've determined that connection with the divine, or which to me is God, connection mm-hmm. with my family, exercise, good nutrition, and creative space are those big rocks. And when yeah. I have those prioritized, then the gravel and the sand or you know, the bills, cleaning, laundry, meal planning for others, it might be work or projects or anything with a deadline. Mm-hmm. Somehow there's still there's still space yeah. for what what has to get done. But it does take like we were talking earlier, it does take being proactive and planning. And when I wake up, I try to connect with God by being in the scriptures or listening to uplifting music at meal times especially dinner, I try to be eye to eye with my family and have that connection. Mm-hmm. I make my schedule of the day fit those, my favorite exercise classes, which are very important to me. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? I make it work. <laughs> yeah. Because I love them. And then I, I try to like prepare my pantry and fridge with healthy food options or have a water bottle, a cold water bottle in the fridge so that I have prioritized, created space for those things that, that matter to me. And then in between all of those bits of the day I'm doing those other necessary things. So I kind of like that, that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. What's, what's the most important thing to you and how is it going to get done? I remember that you're talking about mealtime. We also have like family dinner every, pretty much every night right now, especially (laughs) they can't go anywhere else. So uh, we have family Family mealtime, every (laughs) mealtime and uh, which I love. And my kids say that they really love too, but I also know that when we were growing up, that was a priority for my mom. And as we got older and our school activities or extracurriculars took us away from home longer in the evening, she made breakfast our time that we got together oh. and had our family time. So it was since it was important to her, she made it happen at a different time of day, maybe if we were not available it. for for yeah. um, a meal together every evening, she she made it work. And and she made a really fun time for us, like Friday nights were pizza movie nights. Yeah. So we would want to be home for those. I mean, probably not every Friday yeah. night, obviously, we wanted to spend at home as we got older, but it was a fun place to be. And so we we, we prioritized that. She prioritized making that happen. And so uh-huh. we've carried on some of those traditions as far as contemplating what is the most important thing that we want to be doing. And that's different for every family every family and every stage of our own lives right yeah exactly there are uh, families where you know those extracurricular activities and being together at those is what's most important and they're out there supporting each other in those kinds of things so it's all about finding what matters to you and making time for it i think that's right putting in those big rocks first everything else will get done (laughs) that's right and we all get to analyze our lives and figure out what it is that does bring us that that joy and then we get to prioritize i've always heard like a routine maybe not a rigid schedule especially with little kids right a routine or a flow is like is very helpful and that was proven to be true for me and now i'm school and uh extracurricular activities kind of dictate the flow most days but um right there are lots of little appointments and different 
scheduling things that need to be discussed or at least for me written down. Um, and so I like to have a weekly little planning session first with myself. My husband is so sweet and puts my, um, my big kids to bed. So I get a little bit of alone time at the end of the night. And on Sunday nights, I like to sit down and just kind of map out my week Yeah. then. And then as he comes down, I mean, it's very casual. We don't sit across, sit across the table from each other or anything, but we do like, we do discuss what we have going on that week. And we have a, the calendar just on our yeah. phones that we have linked so we can kind of keep up with each other's schedules, doctor's appointments, my exercise classes. There's one that I like. <laughs> you, you have to, to be home every week. <laughs> like, just so you know, no appointments at 915 on Mondays. Okay. Just kidding. Um, we just kind of talk through all the logistics of, of our weekly flow and that helps things go a little bit smoother. Yeah. I love that. I don't know. I'm not a very good calendar user. I'm not either. I'm really not, but He's like really a paper good at calendar. it and helps me. I am too. I am so a paper calendar. But and I, then, I do both because I want him to be home yes. from the exercise class. Because my husband will be like, well, how was I supposed to know that happened? And I'm like, well, I wrote it down in my personal paper <laughs> calendar. So I don't know how you didn't know about it. And he's like, this is why you have to use the phone calendar. And I don't know. It's It seems difficult. <laughs> it's not difficult. I know. But... Oh, I don't know. I should get no, better I like, on that. No, I like we, paper. I like paper. Yeah. Um, I, th- I would say that my husband's schedule, our, our schedules right now don't vary that much because of the pandemic. They don't vary as much as they have in times past when we were always doing all kinds of different things. But I would say that we as a family use that Sunday journaling time that I've mentioned as a time where we all kind of catch up on what everybody has going on. And I assume that as my children get older and have their more of their own things going on, it will be a great time for us to make sure that all happens. Yes, true. Plus, you have your morning coffee dates. We do. Yeah. And that's when he says, I won't be home. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) Just kidding. He tries to tell me that a few days in advance. (laughs) I appreciate a few, a little bit of heads up with that kind of a I know. I know we both we're both in that young kid phase where if dad's not coming home, it's like, oh, boy, prepare yourself. An hour feels like a, a month. Oh, it really does. He's like, I'm only 15 minutes late. And like every second counts. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We had some years where it was in that when my babies were younger, because I would say they're a little bit older, so it's not quite as dire of a situation. But uh, at the same time, my husband was doing I was starting a new job that just frequently required extra finessing at the end of the day. And it would just sometimes be 15 minutes, sometimes an hour, sometimes two hours. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Is is this the summer that we just basically mothered together? Yes. Yeah. The summer where. Well, I was grateful he was gone because my (laughs) husband was always gone. (laughs) So it's like, okay, we'll just hang out with Jessica. And then we won't even notice if it's been two, three, four hours. It's like, oh, you're here. Exactly. This is why you got to find your community and you got to do life together. That's right. Because it's very hard to be the only person responsible for all the other people. That's right. Okay, Jessica, do you set goals for the future? Do you care about looking ahead and what the next chapter will be? Or maybe not even the next chapter, but what even the rest of the year will be? Are you someone who, who cares about planning for the future? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Cue the... 12 months of improvement. <laughs> That's true. I guess <gasps> I am very kind of a silly question. Yes. <laughs> no, I uh, definitely I even I'm having a, a baby in 
two months two months oh my how are we already gosh. here i haven't even acknowledged the fact except for when i met the doctors <laughs> you know because i'm so busy <laughs> elsewhere yeah that's a little bit of an exaggeration but i know that that's coming and i feel very much uh i feel like i need to prepare and so each of my children we've um, given them a couple goals each to try to master before the baby comes i mean goals are very much a part of just kind of the way I function. So mm-hmm. the answer is yes. What are the goals you and your children have set? Well, my two-year-old, we're trying to get her potty trained. Ah, uh, yes. I've never done it this early, but she's very, very independent and she wants oh. to. So I'm trying to follow She'll her She'll be lead. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Plus she has her older siblings to show her how it's done, which is that's very right. helpful. That's right. She doesn't even need me. It's kind of weird. I mean, I haven't like taken her out in public without a diaper, yeah. but we're not there quite yet, although she probably would be fine. Also, I'm trying to have her buckle her oh. top buckle in her seatbelt. So key. <laughs> I remember the day my last child learned to do that, and I was like, we have reached a whole new level. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, the independent uh, just, car seat buckling is pretty amazing. Right. I mean, anything that I know can help us a little bit when I become mm-hmm. a, um, a little bit more preoccupied nursing or having a, a newborn in a car seat on yeah. one arm. Um, my four-year-old, she's, I don't know if I should say this on air, but she's learning to wipe her own bottom. Yes. <laughs> and she's, yeah, anyway, she's trying to do that. And she's trying to learn how to put her own shoes on. Maybe you could say she's learning her uh, personal hygiene. Personal hygiene. That's a much better way to put that. <laughs> uh, anyway, I know that that might be an issue while I'm nursing. Oh, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on for 15 minutes, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and then my six-year-old, he's also trying to get his own shoes on, which, you know, it's okay. Everyone's at their own pace. Oh, yeah. We didn't buy shoes with laces until, like, last year because I was just... Oh, good. I haven't bought any ever yeah. yet at all. No. What is just... the point? <laughs> Especially when you have the option of no shoelaces. And then um, trying to get... He has actually pretty much the same goals as my four-year-old. So we'll just put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Personal hygiene and getting out the door. Very, very key things. Yes. Way to sum it up that way. That's exactly it. The two hardest, I guess not hardest, but definitely time-consuming areas. Yes. Well, and then like they get used to that. And then it's like, oh, new personal hygiene goals have just been set because you're changing. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) You're changing and growing. Never changing. Yeah. So I... I love that you set little little goals for them for the next like couple of months to accomplish. I love that. One of the ways that I like to think of setting goals, I mean, I think I've always thought of it this way, but Kirsten and Graham, the hosts of our favorite long gone podcast, R. Welcome I. Home. Welcome home. I know. We miss you. If you ever hear this, we'd love to Why hear did you from stop? you again. <laughs> They just disappeared. But I mean, they in their defense, it was like they stopped recording at the beginning of the pandemic. So I'm sure they have their reasons. Yeah. But Kirsten talked about how she would, you know, she and her husband would just really work on thinking of all of the goals that they had for essentially like the entire parenthood. Okay, so like if they want to do if sports are really important to their family, what are they going to do to like make that happen? every year okay or if they want to take a trip to somewhere special you got to think about like when would that be and how are we going to get there right like when do we need to start saving 
money for that. Right. And I think that kind of, I mean, that's totally flexible for each family and what they want to do. But one of the ways that we like to think about it is not so much what do I want to do in the future, but who do I want to be in the future? And then stepping it back to, so what do I work on today? And like with our kids, what do we want for them in the future? For them in the future, we want them to be like we have goals of that we've set as far as like how we want them to be independent Mm -hmm. adults. We want them to be good communicators. We want them to be able to cooperate with a variety of people. So what are we working on today to get to that goal in the future? So kind of like step it back. And, you know, we do like Saturday morning chores because I want them to be able to, in the future, know how to care for their own homes. That's part of being an independent adult. I let them cook with me and on their own because I want them to, again, be able to have those skills in adulthood. So just kind of thinking of like all of these things that I think are important and how are we going to work on them a little bit at a time. I love it. Yes. And also another way that we were thinking of this in like the pandemic is I think it's been easy for our family to say we want to do X, Y, or Z in the future. We want to go on like these trips. I know that for so many people, the adventures they had planned were canceled in the pandemic. I know for us personally, we had many fun things planned that all just got erased. We had weddings to go to and road trips planned and all kinds of things, and they just all disappeared. And so at first, I was very upset about that. And I I can't say I'm not still sad about some of those opportunities that were missed. But it made me think about what is my my core principle here, which is that I want us to live a life of adventure. So Mm. if these particular adventures have been are not possible right now, how can we still live a life of adventure in this new circumstance, whether it's a financial circumstance or a global circumstance like a pandemic, Mm -hmm. like just readjusting our expectations because for our family, we really like to adventure, whether it's in a car to someplace an hour away, that's, you know, nearly free activity, or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a road trip from Washington state to Texas and back in a week or whatever, (laughs) whatever we do, done it all. But, uh, so some of our big trips that we had planned got canceled during the pandemic. So we've taken like little shorter, little road trips to go see my family, or we visited some you national came, parks. You came and saw me. We came to see Jessica because that was allowed. I liked and that And we pivot. had so much fun. I know. I know that we had that wonderful pivot and it was so exciting. And we uh, went to some of the amazing parks by Jessica and enjoyed some of the very, very hot Utah summer heat so it was very (laughs) especially down where you were (laughs) yeah and then we went further south from jessica and got even hotter but it was very fun so and i'm i'm glad that we pivoted and had those other goals that we were able to i mean i guess our goals changed but it fell under our main principles which was that we want to be adventurous but we also want to be flexible and we want to teach our kids to be flexible in their mentalities and something yeah. we've talked about so much during the pandemic is like, yes, X is not possible or X was taken away from you and that's awful and we're going to be sad about it for a little bit. But then we're also going to find new ways to enjoy what is possible and what we do still have because we're practicing mental flexibility 
Yeah. At this, at this young age. And I mean, I know that's probably easier for my kids at their age, which is upper elementary school than it is for other age groups, but hopefully practicing now will help. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. And I love that you've kind of taken an overarching goal mm-hmm. of being an adventuring family. Uh, did you kind of like sit down and like formally determine that with your husband or with your, or by yourself? Or just tell me about that process. Because I think yeah. that that's a really important thing for all of us, maybe to do for our families and, and even personally. Yes, right? I think I think the adventuring, the adventuring is very important to me. And I've roped my husband into it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll pair that with saying, I know nothing about sports of any kind. (laughs) I know absolutely nothing. So I don't like, and so there are different things that are different, that are important to different families. And that's just what, what we really like to do. And, and then of course my kids are young enough that I can pretty much get them on board with what I want to do, which is like, oh, wouldn't it be fun to go learn about this and go try this and go see this amazing place? And yeah, so I do think that that's kind of how we came. I don't know. I've always had like the the wanderlust spirit. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, okay. I mean, it's, I, it's simple. I want to do everything on earth. It's just, it's, that's my goal. <laughs> So well, let's get this pandemic behind us. You can be on your way. Yes. Come no, you on. still had experiences, though. I love it. I love that I'm going to sit down and um, maybe consider what I don't want to say the theme of our family, but like you're saying, the goals. Yeah. The, um, what's the word? Like your values or um, values. I don't know. Yeah. Because and the other thing that I would say is that I I am also thinking about like wanting to be adventuring with my kids as something that's maybe not going to last forever. Like I know that we have this kind of special time right now where they're not Mm -hmm. super involved in all of their extracurricular activities and sports and things like that. So I'm, I'm like conscious of the fact that I want to like seize this little moment in time that we have, but also, yeah, but also be flexible for in the future when it's not possible or it's not as likely to happen. And that's going to be okay, too. And that's going to be good in its own way. And we're going to have our own joy that we're finding in that time. So kind of like seizing the moments that are upon us, and then being willing to go on to the next thing when the next thing is here. I love it. Consider me inspired. I'm going to implement that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're in the great time for dreaming. I know. I see. I love that you're just a couple steps ahead of me. (laughs) So real quick, before we end this episode, I just wanted to talk a little bit about mental and emotional tidiness, because I know we've been talking about overall themes, like putting in the big rocks first. And I said emotional tidiness at the end of last episode, and I thought that that was kind of silly. But at the same time, I came back to it because I was like, yeah, that's kind of the wrong thing to say. But what I think I what's going for, I'll just elaborate on, is what I've learned from books about minimalism and just kind of thinking about how to pare my life down to its simplest, most streamlined form so that I can Mm -hmm. get the biggest benefits out of it. It has really changed my mentality as well, not just about physical clutter, but also about like mental and emotional clutter. So Again, going back to that diamond water paradox, I don't want to be giving away my super precious time to like worrying about things that I can't control. And so one of my favorite authors and speakers is Dr. Wendy Mogul, and she wrote the book Blessings of a Skinned Knee. 
mm-hmm. which I just really that. love. Yeah. And one of the things she says in there is that as a parent, you should worry about your child for only 20 minutes a day. She says anything less and you're not being a good parent, <laughs> but because you do need to you do need to think about your child and about their well-being and how to prepare them for the future. But if you let yourself worry for more than 20 minutes a day, you're just wasting your time because there's so much in life that you can't control. Right. And you mean worry as in like, I'm scared for them. Worry, not like caring for them. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, just, just like, like, I think that there's like a lot of, um, there can be this tendency and I, I have oh, totally. this tendency to just be like, oh my gosh, what if they make friends with the wrong person? And then it dooms their life. Or what if they go to the wrong school and fall in with the wrong crowd? Or what if they just decide that they don't like school anymore at all and just start failing completely? You can spiral. There's so many what ifs. Totally spiral. And I thought it was interesting because I'd read that book in the last year or two, I guess a couple of years Mm -hmm. ago, because I noticed that it was a principle coming up at like the beginning of the pandemic people were talking about what their therapists and counselors were saying to them as like the world really started to spiral out of control. And Mm -hmm. two things that I saw repeated by multiple different professionals was, first of all, the world isn't spiraling out of control as much or your world is not spiraling out of control as much as you are realizing how little control you ever had. So like, hold on, I I need you to say that again. Okay. So they would say, your world is not spiraling out of control as much as you are realizing how little control you ever had. Okay. okay. Yeah, so it felt like the world was falling apart, but really what it showed is all the cracks in the system and how we yeah. never had that much control over anything to begin with. In the first place. Yeah. And we're just very, you know, the pandemic is a great example of how very aware of our humanity we have come and our fragility mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. humans that like we are just <laughs> one step away from disaster at any moment i like to say that humans are incredibly formidable but also incredibly fragile we're just like Mm. you know these amazing amazing creatures and yet anything can go wrong at any time pretty much at any second and so the other thing counselors were saying was to contain your worry (laughs) to 20 minutes a day like only watch the news for 20 minutes a day Mm -hmm. only panic about the pandemic for 20 minutes a day but mm-hmm. then you need to pair that with going outside for 20 minutes a day exercising for 20 minutes a day thinking of all the good things in your life for 20 minutes a day talking to a friend like just not letting the doom the worry consume or the worry consume you exactly and so so i have kind of thought of that as like sort of emotional and mental tidiness i'm not gonna spend my time worrying about things that i can't control. If I'm going to spend my time worrying, I'm going to try to worry about things that I can do something about or use my worry to make like actionable steps. Like when I worry about my children as adults, I say, okay, but what could I do right now to possibly prepare them for that future? Or when I worry about myself in the future, what could I do right now to get myself to that financial or physical or emotional goal? Use your worry constructively, I suppose. Yeah, constructively, yeah, yeah. Let it be productive. Yeah, and just, just not uh, letting it, not letting it clutter out all the amazing things in life that there are. That's too. good. That's good, and I think it goes hand in hand with um, deciding where we can put our energy that is a productive or um, fulfilling, in a productive and fulfilling place. Like you're saying, get outside. Yeah. Create for me that 
creating even just a cake or yeah. mm-hmm. or whatever really does release the dopamine that makes me feel happy and inspired and can create a positive momentum absolutely yeah so i think just sitting there worrying consuming like you said the news or media and just even just instagram Mm -hmm. often is is not productive or right uh, oh yeah helpful (laughs) do i walk away feeling better about my life from scrolling any of those things i must say that that's what it reminds me of when you were speaking about the diamond in the water oh yeah oh for sure Oh, yeah. yeah. When you like get your screen report and you're like, wow. Yeah. How do you manage that? (laughs) I got a, I got, I let a lot of water get away from me this week. Um, (laughs) Some weeks we do. (laughs) That is like a never ending battle for me because there are times when I feel really on top of it. And then there are times when I don't. And um, I did like delete the news app on my phone. So now I have to go seek out news. I think that's a good way to do it. Yes. Well, it's it was a little bit a little bit easier accessible. before Instagram became everybody's news source. That is true. I do so. notice that. I mean, I'm going to use Instagram for an example mm-hmm. here, but I do like we we're saying. Notice that that makes me only feel. It doesn't help. It does. It's not productive for more than for me, probably 10 minutes a day. I have really tried hard to, we've had lots of conversations about this over the years Um, because it's such a love hate relationship. It's a struggle and it's a blessing. So I really try hard to consume, like I was saying, productive, inspiring material throughout the day. And I, uh, during that time, sometimes when I'm alone at night, I take about 10 minutes. I have set timers before, Mm -hmm. um, I try to follow the rule of putting out material instead of only consuming or yeah. whether that's commenting or posting or whatever. But um, I've tried different strategies to help uh, that be and to help me have control over yeah. the conception of that. And I think that's applicable to any type of media. Right. Which I feel like also just in that sense of taking something that you that you do naturally do, right, or it's something that you're drawn to, but using it product using it like thinking about how you want to use it and then using it for that way like for me instagram has become a lot more about just like i want to record my personal memories as opposed to anything else (laughs) um or like see my friends and what they're what my real friends are doing um which by the way you should follow us on instagram (laughs) yeah you Uh, should no (laughs) (laughs) here we are complaining about instagram we know there's good stuff out there, which is why we're there. There is. That's why it's why yeah. we're there. It's why I have it on my phone. It would be gone if there was no good at all. That's right. But uh, That's right. yeah, to find a to have a purpose on being and, there and everywhere. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think a lot of humanity is finding the balance between the good and bad sides of things. Even even Dr. Wendy Mogul, I'll mention her again. Mm-hmm. She talks about the Yitzhar Hara, which is a Jewish term for like the evil impulse. Mm-hmm. that we all have inside of us and she as a child psychologist will say that like she'll ask parents what is your child's Im- evil impulse what is their yitzhar hara and whatever that is that is also their greatest capacity for good that's like the yes. the best I that very, they bring to the world yes. right so we can use these things that can pull us towards evil i suppose mm-hmm. or and we can we can instead use them as a force for good. Yeah, and and as a tool, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it's all in our approach and being um, intentional and proactive 
and taking some time and space to decide, you know, how to make these things work for us. Just like the drawers, everything has to have a place. (laughs) Everything in our lives has to have a purpose. That's right. All right. right. Be intentional. Yes. Okay, so we're going to come back next week and talk about some of the nitty gritty details about how we organize our lives and our schedules and make make our households run right think morning routines meal planning and things like that yeah so we'll talk to you again then bye guys bye <laughs>